this is Hannah. And this is Matt Hannah. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Where we do scary movie stuff. In the wise words of Bodies, 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 today's Wait, no, episode no more. <laughs> is a podcast about hanging out with your smartest and funniest friend. And we actually have one of our smartest and funniest friends on smart. today. Funny. Full hat. offense to all of the other friends. Just kidding. But today's episode is featuring our good friend, the librarian, Jason. Hello. The other Jason. (laughs) Yeah, we have a couple of friends named Jason. And Jason is an actual librarian. That's true, yeah. He's a master of librarian sciences. (laughs) Very smart man over here. And how long have you been a librarian now? Uh, Two and a half months. That is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) The expert, for sure. Absolutely. Well, so tell us your... History with like scary movies. Do you like horror movies? What's your favorite? Oh, when I was I, I'm like a latecomer to horror movies. I guess because mm-hmm. like when I was a kid, like a uh, like middle school or something, watching the um, watching TV late at night, I couldn't handle I couldn't handle the trailers. Me either. Like, I I had I to like turn away and cover my ears. I was also in a similar boat. Yeah. yeah, I am that. And I I just couldn't uh, like if I like glimpsed. A trailer for a horror movie. I would like be afraid of having nightmares that night. I like, would have nightmares that. But night. now you now you enjoy them. I enjoy them. Well, it's depending on the movie. I, I like certain genres of horror. I think. Well, I, I guess I, I do like. A, hmm. My favorite movie. Oh, so what's your favorite genre of horror movies? Well, I like slow burn stuff. I don't like jump scares. I really like psychological horror. I'm not big on supernatural stuff. Okay. So this is this movie we watched, which was Event Horizon, we'll get there, was not up your alley in terms of supernatural. Well I see that's the interesting thing, is it I wouldn't call this supernatural. This is sci-fi. It is science fiction. It's natural. I I guess it's both. Because it, it was it, it's something that's like it's taking a premise that might not be entirely possible in real life, but then it's taking this and saying, if we accept this as possible, like why why wouldn't this stuff follow from it? Like, okay. why, why wouldn't this happen? So it does fall, I guess, more like, into sci-fi then. Yeah, I'm fine. My big thing is I can accept like a good premise, even a weird premise. I can accept it as long as the internal logic of the plot mm-hmm. that follows is okay. Good. Okay. So that's your favorite genre. Do you have a favorite horror movie? If you can pick one, that is really tough. I don't. I don't really know what qualifies as horror necessarily. There are things that maybe people think are horror movies that I don't. But pick whatever you want. I, I consider thrillers a lot of the time. Specific right. thrillers, horror movies, like Seven, I consider in the horror genre. Might be a little basic, but I do really like the lighthouse. Okay. <laughs> no, I, that's not I basic. I think that is very not basic. I think that's really? one that we should cover with you on at some point too. Yeah. Because the thing I like that is that it's not it's not a supernatural movie, and it's hey, well, there are. I guess that's that a little, could be. little yeah. Get it. Tough to debate. It's well, the thing I like about it is that you can accept a supernatural explanation, or if you're more inclined like me, you can say this is Robert Pattinson being an unreliable narrator of these events. Okay. Yeah. Because I like it just showing, like, what can happen, what people can do to each other mm-hmm. in certain circumstances. Yeah. No, I I will say I feel like there are a lot of parts of the movie I liked, but it was, like, over my head, which I was one of the only horror movies I feel like I watched that was just over my head. Yeah. So maybe I got to give another watch. I've only seen it once. I definitely think you do. I yeah. think you're missing something. I think I would like it. Well, there are a lot of parts I think it would be fun to watch like. it with Jason, because yeah. he'll basically be like, no, you're being stupid. We'll put it on the docket. And after that, I also have to ask, as a librarian, what is a horror novel or book you would recommend? Or your favorite? You know what I really like is underrated contemporary horror authors, John Paget did a collection of short stories called The Secret of Ventriloquism. And they all tie together, and it has, like, there's one, it's called Origami Dreams. It's like one of the most genuinely unsettling things I've ever read. Is that your sales pitch for it? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. Right. I've I met the author. Not to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've met the author. I've met him. Yeah, super nice guy. So what was it again? The Sweet. Secret of Ventriloquism. Okay. That already sounds know. scary. Yeah. I like it. Well, he is a ventriloquist, and he says okay. he started, um, 
he bought a ventriloquist dummy just because he was terrified of them and he <laughs> wanted is... to get over it. Me too. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm also terrified. From the Goosebumps Goose books got me on that one. Mm. Not of the Living Dummy. Oh, oh, you didn't read Goosebumps, did you? No, I read Goosebumps. Yeah, there you go. There are like three of them. Goosebumps on the podcast. There Just are some the good ones. Like, we could. <laughs> <laughs> you could finish them in an hour. Yeah, I could. <laughs> well, now that we've got some intro questions out of the way and our audience has gotten to know you a little bit more, let's talk about the background of this movie. So, as Matt said, we watched Event Horizon. It is a 1997 science fiction horror film directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, written by Philip Eisner, starring Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill. So none of us had watched this movie before today. Um, I had known about it. I kind of knew that there was like a portal to hell thing. Again, for pop culture reasons, it's just you end up. This movie's been out for how long you end up coming across certain things. I knew nothing about it, and I'd never heard of it. And then when I saw that Sam Neill and Jason Jason Isaacs were in it, mm. I was like, hell yeah. I heard I'll a little gasp when you saw Lawrence Fishburne, too. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Him. When I saw him in the opening credits, I was like, all right, it's going to be at least decent to good. Yeah. At the minimum. <laughs> what were your expectations going in, Jason? Because I knew you were eager to watch this one. My plot expectations? Just, expectations. Just general expectations. Well, I expected it to be... Okay, you know, it has... It was, like, tanked at the box office when it first came out. Like, really was not well-received when it was first released, but it has a cult following. Mm-hmm. So when something has a cult following, I get a little bit worried. As that could mean that it's fantastic, or it could mean that it's just... It's an oddity that people love. Yeah. So I didn't... Full, like, I didn't know if I should expect it to be, like, a good movie going in. Because I knew vaguely just reading descriptions about it, and it's like, okay, it's like Lovecraftian sci-fi ship comes back from mysterious realm bringing unspeakable horror. That was about my knowledge of the plot before coming in. Besides the uh, the scene with the eyes that I had seen a clip of before, which is what made me seek out the movie, because I had to know what that was from. <laughs> I think Lovecraftian is also a very good way to describe it, at yeah. least in idea. And I know you are somewhat of a Lovecraft fan, right? I or a big have, Lovecraft fan? I don't know. I haven't read all of his stuff, but I've read probably more than the average person has. Okay. I think yeah the average nay person has read Zero to One. Yeah or nay on Lovecraft? Yeah. I, I like him. I think he was, he was an extremely imaginative author that did things. I mean, he created Cthulhu, he mm-hmm. created Arkham. Like, these are things that... I mean, they kind of changed the genre, I guess. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and that's like the whole El- Eldritch Horror. Yeah. I mean, not but, that he created it exactly, but kind of like brought it into fame. Right. But he was big when um, you read about some of his collaborations with other authors. They had like the unseen, undescribable thing, which some people say it's like a lazy cop-off for him because he couldn't come up with anything like, <laughs> good. But I mean, it is true that like the stuff we imagine is way scarier than whatever somebody could come up yeah. with. And so like, there's a thing with um, Clark Ashton Smith, who was a contemporary of Lovecraft. He wrote, um, he was also a horror author, he wrote something called The Return of the Sorcerer that involves a guy getting like disemboweled. And then, um, but Lovecraft is like, you know, this, I have your first draft here. Take the explicit scene out. It's much scarier if you don't actually see it happening. And the, the reader just has to piece this together on their own. And they will, in their mind, will fill in what they think the scariest possible scenario is. I think uh, Paul W.S. Anderson could have taken that note as well <laughs> when it came to this movie. And I will get into that later. Yeah. But And I think a lot of horror movies that do, and novelists obviously, but I think a lot of creators who do take that into consideration, we tend to like their yes, art a lot better. very much. I want to talk about like the Eldritch Horror thing, but I want to wait till we, we get there, because I do think this movie makes a couple critical mistakes when it Can comes to Can you describe for the listener at home who might not know what that means? What Eldritch Horror is? Yes. Eldritch Horror is the idea that we are like ants in, in a, like the world, right? Or, or smaller in the universe, multiverse, whatever it is. And it's like something comes in that basically let, lets us know that we are like small and insignificant. I, I feel like that is something big that um, Lovecraft did. Although I didn't yep. read Lovecraft, I just know 
because of like reading different things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be very, very effective um, when, when done right. It's kind of people just figuring out and like it's almost about them learning how insignificant they are. Mm-hmm. And it can be done in like this kind of horror mm-hmm. sense, which this movie partially does. All right. So I want to jump in to discussion of this movie. And we're going to start with our 15 second summaries. So, Matt, I'm going to have you go first. Sure. All right. Three, two, one. Sam Neill makes a ship that makes a portal to hell. The ship goes to hell. Oh, and then comes back and then uh, convinces another crew to go there to bring them to hell as well and sacrifices them. 11 seconds. There we go. 11 seconds. Actually, it doesn't sacrifice them. Some of them. Not all of them. You ready, Jason? Yes. Go. Uh, Sam Neill makes something he doesn't fully understand, but thinks, hey, we'll get these people to try it out. This might do something. And then it does something, and it's terrible, and then he has to try to clean it up. <laughs> there we go. So it's like the opposite of his it. role in Jurassic Park. Literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And Hannah, you're up. Are, Are you me? ready? Go. Spaceship becomes sentient and kills people. That's it? Damn. Three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Uh, I think you guys covered it. No, I thought you were coming with a joke. No jokes this time. We are going to go into a plot description because this movie is doing a lot. And that way you, as the listener can home, can follow along a bit more. The beginning of this movie introduces a crew on a spaceship, the Lewis and Clark. We learn that they're in space to locate the Event Horizon. The Event Horizon is a spacecraft capable of travel faster than light. It can jump light years away via wormhole travel. The ship was rumored to have blown up, but instead vanished without a trace. They are unable to verify anyone is alive on the ship, but they do have a brief audio snippet from the last transmission they picked up, and they are able to determine that it's someone on the transmission says, save me, in Latin. We have three characters, Justin, Captain Miller, and Lieutenant Stark, exploring the event horizon. Justin is briefly pulled into a portal, which causes a shockwave that damages the Lewis and Clark, and then Justin becomes unresponsive when recovered. Dr. Ware, who is the creator of the Event Horizon, who is on the Lewis and Clark mission, says that this could be a gravitational distortion in the gateway, which is the area of the ship that opens a wormhole for space-time travel, but he feels like it's unlikely because that should not be able to open on its own. Peters, the medical technician, begins seeing hallucinations of her son. Dr. Ware sees hallucinations of his wife with her eyes gouged out and Miller the captain sees a body coming out of a fire at the gateway um the crew starts fighting amongst each other and with Dr. Weir the squad ends up finding lost footage of the missing crew that becomes distorted with all of this happening the lieutenant theorizes that the ship the event horizon is alive and having a sort of immune reaction to their presence Justin then attempts suicide by activating the outer door without a protective suit, mentioning the dark inside him, leading him to do it. DJ, a medical doctor on board, realizes the last transmission from the ship was actually saying, save yourself from hell instead of save me. They end up finding a full video of the captain's log where the crew is engaging in an orgy and mutilating each other. And it shows the captain with gouged out eyes, like we've seen from Sam Neill's character, Dr. Weir's hallucinations. Captain Miller wants to leave, but Dr. Weir says they can't leave. Um, Then Peters is driven to death by her hallucinations. Sam Neill sees visions of his late wife, um, saying, you'll never be alone, you're with me now. And that causes him to gouge out his eyes. Dr. Weir steals bombs that are on the ship that Captain Miller is planning to use to bomb the Event Horizon. Um, He then uses them to bomb the Lewis and Clark, killing Smith and blasting Cooper, another character, off into space. Dr. Weir kills another individual, DJ. Weir confirms that the ship has traveled into a dimension of pure evil, basically hell, and begins to open the gateways so they can return to that dimension. Cooper uses his spacesuit's oxygen supply to propel himself back to the ship from space and appears at the bridge window. Weir shoots him, shatters the window, causing Weir to now be blown into space. Miller plans to split the event horizon in two with explosives, and 
therefore to use the forward section of the boat of the ship as a lifeboat, but he's then re- attacked by a returned weir back again as the ship is protecting him and keeping him alive and ends up blowing up the ship to protect the remaining members of the crew who are still there, which includes Lieutenant Cooper and Justin. Lieutenant Stark, Cooper, and Justin are then rescued 72 days later. That's it? Messy plot. Tell us about the last scene. What last scene? What do you mean? When they're when they're rescued. <laughs> oh, well, there's like a moment of her having a dream that, that we're still there. That we're still there, but then mm-hmm. basically wakes up screaming in yeah. um, Cooper's arms and they're fine. They're actually rescued. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. That was a lot. Yeah, I didn't think it was that insane to follow while you're watching. I mean, actually, yeah. they, I think um, Weir gives like pretty good expo- exposition the whole time. That was what I was going to say, one of the pros of the movie. Yeah, I think they do a good job, like, dumbing down the science, which is now science that we've seen in a ton of different movies, the wormhole travel. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, I I think it kind of, like, it is, exposition is dumped to us, that it's important exposition is dumped to us in a, like, clever, not clever way, but a good way. Yeah, because he's explaining it to the characters in the the movie, therefore explaining it to us. Yeah. Do we have any hides or screams on this one? One hide, no screams. Yeah, not particularly scary of a movie, which I was surprised by, at least for me. There were a couple points where I feel like I, like, tensed up or I, like, twitched a little bit, but I didn't. Did you find it scary? There were several, like, ooh, scenes, like, like, oh boy. Yeah. Yes. And I do think it was pretty gory looking. If you do decide to watch this movie, I will say um, content warning mentions of, and showing depictions, the depictions of, suicide. of suicide, which I did not feel was necessary. Um, or yeah, warning for that, I guess, discussions of that on this podcast today as well. I don't know if I really have to get well, into it beyond if that, we do. honestly. <laughs> um, so that was a lot for me. I There was some, like, gore, I guess gore, with, like, some of the gouged out eyes. And that was probably got to me more than much else. Hmm. So, Jason, did you like this movie? I did. I, I mean, I love this era of sci-fi. I think it's really neat to see how people in the 90s imagine technology 50 years mm-hmm. in the future. And it's... I feel like they're made... It's like the um, like the painted covers of old sci-fi paperbacks. You can see like the artists like going nuts in their mind, things like, "Oh, let's throw this in, let's, uh, let's make this," and they're just so imaginative in a way that I don't think a lot of stuff today is. So you can see a lot of that in like the set design, and I mean, the, the, the set is incredible. Mm-hmm. Even the plot, I think, plot is very good. It is not necessarily something I would say makes it stand out a lot from other movies. I think. It is a standout plot, but not, like, leagues and leagues ahead of other things that were coming out of the same era. I uh, fully agree with you on the plot, and I also say the technology thing as well. I miss this era. Mm-hmm. I think touchscreens ruined it in real yeah. life. Because mm-hmm. there's all these knobs and buttons and yeah. gears, and they had this whole idea of that, like and all of a sudden... texture, I feel like. Yes, yes. I, Alien does it as well. And it's just gone because we went to touch screens in real life. So now everything is like VR and yeah. And it's just not nearly as like fun and and cold looking, I guess. That's like a big part about space, right? It's supposed to be cold and blocky. And like, I I think we've uh, lost that. It makes me a little sad. But now that made me think of is the, um, like the record player and the really tiny cassette from A Clockwork Orange. Stanley Kubrick is trying to imagine it's like, well, what will uh, what will home music be like in the future? And he just imagines like a Swiss clock of a record player and a super tiny cassette tape. It's like, <laughs> oh, let's take cassettes and just make them smaller, yeah. not having any idea what was actually going to happen. It's really death of physical media and physical everything, mm. right? We don't have anything physical anymore, which is like what you do miss, I think, in modern sci-fi's. Yeah, and I, I think like for me. One of the best modern sci-fis is Arrival. If you've ever seen that, and even that, I mean, they because like alien crafts come down, they at least mm-hmm. keep them like a little bit weird and kind of like physical and blocky. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think is like definitely missed. 
Maybe you know what else? I mean, I think the Blade Runner. I know you said yeah. we talked before. Blade, the original Blade Runner does this well, and I think twenty forty nine also mm-hmm. does that. The technology very well makes it interesting. It makes it look good. Yeah, Hannah, what do you think? I I'm struggling with this one because I felt like I was really compelled by Weir's like storyline as the movie continued, and I just could have used more of that and like more of a deep dive into him and his psyche and what was going on there because at first it felt like like he's protective of the ship because he made it right but then it turns into he's protective of the ship because the ship has like a hold on him and I just think some of his dialogue and some of his performance is really fun and I could just use him on my screen constantly the whole time I think some of the... He is good in this. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but he's just very talented. I also just, like, love him. Like, I love Jurassic Park, so I get excited when I see him in other things, because he's not, like, in stuff like that nowadays. We're going to need um, to watch... He's not in anything nowadays. He was in Peaky Blinders. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I he feel was, like I haven't like seen him. He was, like, the main guy in Peaky Blinders. All I know is Killian Murphy. Not the main guy, the main bad guy. Okay. Yeah, Matt hasn't seen <laughs> I haven't that. seen it. Sorry. Um, I know, that's good to know. We should also, he's been in Possession, which is another horror movie, I, I believe, that we should watch at some point. So that one's not Oh, but either new. way, it's just another horror movie for him. Um, but I also thought something in this movie that was really fun was the dialogue. There are some lines in this that are, like, chilling. Um, when he sees his wife and his hallucination, and she says, you know, You'll never be alone. You're with me now. And we know that she's deceased. It was the ship talking to him. I know. That's but like crazy. as yeah. the hallucination yeah. like with her, we know that she's deceased. So we either know that it's either literal, like he is with the ship now, or he's dying and going to another place and he'll be with her, but like mm. his soul and I'm actually, not here. after you saying that, I'm now confused whether that was the ship somehow causing the hallucinations or it was, like, the the hell spawns, wherever they were. And I'm not positive. Who 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 was causing the hallucinations? I mean, I say that they're caused by the ship. It was the I ship. Don't I don't know. think there were How? any physical hell spawn inside. No. Correct. I wasn't yeah. sure if, like, that was because it went there, there was some connection still. But no, it was actually the ship. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I don't. Think, I couldn't tell if that was clear. I don't think it makes it super clear. Another piece of dialogue I really liked was um, where we're going. We won't need eyes to see. <laughs> That's a great line. When we are talking about his couched out eyes, mm-hmm. when Miller's like, "What happened to your eyes?" <laughs> where we're going, we won't need eyes to see. That was really chilling. There's another scene again with Weir, Sam Neill. Mm. Um, he's saying. That, like the ship won't let them leave. He says she won't let you. And Captain Miller says, "Get back on the ship, or you'll find yourself walking home." And Weir says, "I am home," and then fades backwards mm. into the darkness. He was like, very melodramatic. This this movie so melodramatic, <laughs> but in like a really fun, oh, I, engaging I way. And I feel like his dialogue specifically kept me hooked. I just All thought right. it was so fun. It's so interesting with him is that um, like in all of his private scenes in like the entire second half of the movie, I guess he is really melodramatic. But like for the first half, anytime somebody says something, he's like, "I'll say you're hallucinating." Like, this is yeah, he really is trying in the first he's half. He's definitely baby. trying to protect his baby, the ship, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, nothing is wrong. Like it could be gravitational distortion, but that's unlikely." Like. Nothing is wrong with the ship. Nothing. Yeah. After he's experienced a hallucination, Mm -hmm. he then says everyone else is hallucinating and there's something wrong with that. He's saying he did that deliberately to protect the ship. I think it's kind of unclear, but I think he was getting defensive over his ship. I interpreted it as being defensive, and I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure at what point the ship basically starts manipulating him. Like, is that that early? Or is that because he's protective of the thing he created and he doesn't want people shit-talking what he made? I'll say I think it's really unclear whether the ship is, and I will also say if you, like, didn't pay attention for a minute, you wouldn't even realize the ship was the one controlling them. Like, I I find that a little bit, like, unclear. I would say, I thought at least in the beginning, it was, like, him trying to convince himself 
that what he was seeing wasn't real. That too, to yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, because he was seeing visions of his wife before they stepped on the ship. Mm-hmm. So that kind of skewed the timeline it. for yeah. me Oh, that's too. interesting. If we accept the ship as being the sole cause of that, how was doing that to him before they, he even stepped It could have been that the ship did it from the beginning. But yeah. it also makes sense that it would start happening to him so fast compared to everyone mm-hmm. else. He has the inherent link to the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it can go either way. And it makes Not sense, worth. too, because of that link and that relationship. Like, he created it, that it is affecting him the strongest. Alright, for me, I'll say I found this movie to be extremely fine. I didn't, like, love it. I mm-hmm. didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was very, very middle of the road. Um, yeah. I think that... I I want to get into them later. I think there's, like, a couple missteps, I guess. But I, I don't know exactly how I would fix it. Tell me so, about your missteps. Already? Just jump into it. Well, I feel like, one, it's just not scary enough. The scariest scene for me... Mm-hmm is the scene where the guy tries to decompress himself. He goes in there. Yeah, That was really cool, really tense. I'm going to talk about that later. I guess, like, I wanted there to be more of a threat from, like, hell and from these, whatever, hellspawn beings, these eldritch beings, as we said before. And I really think the threat was mostly, like, the ship. And I I guess there was, like, a a period where I was like, the ship part is cool, but, like, let's get... Let's get to the next threat. And it kind of just like. Oh, I don't never, feel that. I don't know. I Maybe I just like was like getting a little like bored with the ship. I wanted I wanted there to be another threat to them that like I really changed like their the world. I the ship could have been a bigger threat. Maybe that too. But see, this is why I liked it was because it was, it. it's like the, the fingers on your spine feeling the entire time. It's like there's an increasing dread without, like, a visible threat. Just this overwhelming feeling, especially in the beginning, it's like, something evil happened here. And yeah, then I feel that with that the beginning. Up. I completely feel that at the beginning. I guess, as it, like, goes, I lose interest a mm. little bit. And I, I, I don't know if I need that next, like, step with, like, fear. I, I don't know. That's why I, I can't, like, pinpoint it exactly. I just know that there became a point where I was like, I feel all like right. the tension kind of I'm, goes away. Yes. It's like, all right, it's just the same, like, like oh, they're fighting here, okay, and then we move here, and they're fighting here, and it kind of just, like, the same, we, we retreaded the same ground a couple times. I think times. that's why reading my mm-hmm. summary, I was like, this is so boring. Yeah, and I guess, I don't know what the next step is, because you don't want to go too far and just have them go into this hell dimension, yeah, because that, that, that'd get lame that'd as be really well. really kitschy. But I don't, I don't know if, like, even the, the hell threat was, like, that's scary to me, or that whatever. It's not actually hell, right? It's that's like a, why I wanted more Sam Neil bananas. Yeah, when he comes back with his face all cut up, like yeah. that was pretty cool. I feel cool. like that. Maybe that's makes what we needed. The threat real and like realized. But he was still very physical in like his fighting, so I still mm-hmm. felt like it was just like Sam Neil. Like there was a part where they have like him and Lawrence Fishburne have like a uh, punching match, and they're playing like the real goofy like punch sounds. Mm-hmm. And it was like the fact that he can even like get hit felt. I don't know. I like it. Was uh, it lost me a little bit, but that's that's me. I still think it's like very fine, like it's fine. I just didn't think it was like anything spectacular, and it wasn't nearly as bad as I would say uh, critics like panned it to be. Oh, certainly not. Yeah, I think that came because this movie was, from what I understand, um, uh, advertised as like a straight sci-fi, mm-hmm. and then hits you with this whole horror element, which I think is awesome. Like nowadays, if you went to a sci-fi. And, and I got in the theater that, and I got that. Excited. That would be sick. That'd yeah. be so cool. And word of mouth would spread. But I understand at the time, like, horror is not a beloved genre by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I would say going in and then all of a sudden getting, like, eyes gouged out is, like, where people were not happy. See, but. I think it's interesting that that was the problem when we're even saying it should have been more horror. <laughs> yes. You know, because we knew it was a horror movie. But it really isn't giving... Yeah, it has moments. It's a good genre blend. And I think we were talking about this earlier that none of... Well, we haven't seen Alien. Have you seen Alien? Yeah, I've seen Alien. Was Alien a critical success when it came out? I have no idea. I feel like I actually have no idea. There's enough to make a sequel. Yeah. Multiple sequels. The second the, one was also a critical success. If the difference would be that Alien has, like, a physical enemy that they fight. Yeah. I think it's, it's different. I think... Um, 
Alien also has some like more subtext with mm-hmm. like the Alien and spoilers for Alien is like created by a corporation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, to be a weapon. It's like the, the deadliest animal, like the deadliest weapon. And they, from what I remember, I think send this crew to basically get slaughtered by it. So like, or the previous crew, something happened where they like tested it. And there, there's like a lot going on there. There's also some, I'm trying to remember all the, the themes, but there are some like um, sexual themes in Alien. Mm-hmm. And I honestly cannot remember them. And I, so I feel weird just saying it. Mm-hmm. I, we're we're going to watch it at some point because it's great. I'm scared. Like he is, it's very designed to be very like phallic-like. Within. Yeah, there's like a lot. Hmm. Well, we'll talk about it when we get there. I want to read about it a little bit before I spout any bullshit like I usually do. <laughs> But I think that's there's a little bit more going on with Alien. But I mean, like you said, I think this is is fine, and I want to hear. I guess Jason, you guys or Jason, you liked it. So what do you think this movie did like very well? I think it is the feeling of dread that I see. I can understand if you're expecting it to like increase by steps, as far as like the fear and the horror goes. How it might be disappointing, but like I, I'm. I'm not saying that that's all this movie is, but I am fine watching a movie that's just aesthetically good. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I agree with that. That's what kept me in it. Yeah, like I'd like. Um, I mean, like I guess Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland is not a good movie by like any measure, but it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's, it does really neat stuff with the visuals, and even with this, like I'm fine with just dread, just seeing this unseen threats that I guess we catch glimpses of later on, but I mean, I'm fine with that. I think that to me is like the best kind of horror. Cause I feel like when you introduce like a physical monster, it's always it seems kind of silly to me and disappointing. Like I, I don't think that anything like physically you see like any like monster, it's always going to be like, Oh, that's it. You know what? I don't think, I want a monster. I think I want to see what I, I want to get a better glimpse of what's going to happen if they don't fix this problem. I feel like we have we that. Get that we get that with what's his name? Uh, Justin. Right. No, but we also have with that in the video. Oh, the video the, that comes late though. I wanted that. I think I maybe got that earlier. The video was caked to the walls. Yeah. Right at the very beginning. That was cool. Yeah. I liked that. I guess I'm saying I agree with you with about the dread. Mm-hmm. I think there becomes a point where I need it to just like ramp up the dread, and I just felt it like it did. didn't, and I became like I was at the same level, is what I'm saying. Right. And so I don't know if I need like more. Like maybe it was pretty late in the movie when we get that 10 minute countdown yeah. to possibly going to hell, and maybe mm-hmm. that's my problem. Like I want that earlier. I want. An idea of what's actually going to happen. Well, you have to count down with the oxygen, running out of the oxygen. So yep, like, I like that. And they realize, like, me. the ship is killing us. We need to fix ours by this point, or we just stay. Yeah. I do enjoy that. I like that the space is scary. And perhaps they could have emphasized that a little bit more than they did, because I think it's only, like, four or five passing remarks about the, about that. About the oxygen? Yeah. yeah. And no, I, they do show a good amount. I guess, I don't know if, I, like I said, I just, maybe it just didn't scare me. And that, mm. that might be a me thing. Like, I liked when they showed, sorry, liked, I don't like to say that, but like the yeah. orgy mutilation scene, I was like, there, that's like scary. Like, mm. this is like their possible fate, right? When they, when um, Sam Neill touches Lawrence Fishburne, shows him mm. all of them being tortured and like, what's going to happen? Like, I was like, there we go. Like, there's some like genuine like stakes. And I guess I just didn't like feel that throughout. No, and I don't know. I don't know what it could have done to make me feel that way. This is kind of tangential, but the one thing I really liked about that scene from the recovered captain's log was that it goes immediately from like I'm so proud of this crew and what we're accomplishing. We're entering the thing now, and then instantaneously it that was switches awesome. to that. Love that. Yep. I thought that was fantastic. And then it's immediately them just in this like mutilation yeah. orgy yeah. scene. Yeah. Like not and no him, delay him holding his eyes yeah. facing yeah. the camera. Yeah. Incredible scene. Mm-hmm. Really like that. Apparently, in the original director's cut, that scene was a lot longer. Oh, I believe my. it. There were a couple scenes that were longer that I'm kind of glad they weren't longer because I don't think it's necessary. So the scene where we see his wife 
die by suicide was longer and bloodier and that is 100% not needed thank goodness Um, the bloody orgy video was also longer and they used real pornographic film actors to make the sex scenes (laughs) seem more realistic and graphic and they used amputees oh my god for to show see, the that is the question, though. Would that be better to see it, or does that take away? Because like, I like that it left a little bit up to my imagination. Well, I think, I need it. What I think about it is it. I think I don't think longer is better. I think we need like just to see it a couple frames at a time, which we did. very short first. And I liked that. I liked that. That's how you. Is that how they showed see, it? Honestly, I think they could have made it a little bit shorter. Yeah, I think I agree with that because I did like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I like I said. I'm not sure what if I can pinpoint exactly. Maybe I just need. I'm fine with those couple frames. Yeah. I like that. Maybe I just needed another scene like that later. Maybe not the same thing, just yeah. another like scary thing. Or like, like you said, that th- when Justin gets pulled in to mm. basically hell oh, and comes yeah. back, I-, I guess there could have been more I wrong with one. him. Yeah. I, I, I didn't talk about them in the beginning, but that was one of the ones that made me jump. Which part? A little bit like when it gets sucked in. Oh, the, yeah. I guess I expected it though. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. saying he put his hand in there. I was yeah. like, he's getting yeah, pulled I in. Too. But maybe, he sh- I, I, maybe I wish he would have come back. Hmm. And like more, like worse off. I don't know. It's, it's well, I think he it's was tough. pretty bad off, but Mentally. to the degree that he couldn't even like speak or yeah. engage until so he, until he put himself in airlock for us to mm-hmm. like see the impact as much because he wasn't verbal. Yeah, which shows that it's pretty bad if he's not verbal. True. But at the same time, I think it's a show not tell, and that might not work for some people. It usually does. I don't know. Like I said, I I, I wish I could pinpoint this one because i feel like kind of dumb talking about it but maybe maybe it just didn't work for me what did uh you think it did well hannah are you kind of talking about the things that i like the most like the dialogue and the sam neil of it all i don't feel like there's much else that i would be like this is something this film does way better than other films all right i'll jump in and say i think it looks great Mm -hmm. like you said jason i think acting is great Mm -hmm. it's good across the board um I think there are a couple very good tense scenes that I'm going to talk about when we get to my favorite scenes. Uh, I also think the setup, I'm compelled. 30 minutes in, I'm like ready to go. I love where this is going. I think it just like kind of fell off for me once mm-hmm. we got past the two thirds of it, I guess. But I really like this setup and the idea. I, I You can't beat, and this is like a trope now, a Dead Space has done it, but you can't beat getting to like a ship that is just destroyed, having no idea what's there, but it's there Mm -hmm. getting on. And then now also succumbing to the same fate that the people are already there. Yeah. That's what it came to. It's, I love that. That's such a good setup for me. I I just feel like other pieces of media have done that in a more fun way. Oh, I agree. And that's part of my problem. But either way, you put that in the movie, I'm compelled. Like I'm interested, which is very funny. Even like the first resident evil movie does that. They like go down in to the hive they get all the way down in, they turn the power on, and that's what causes, like, the zombies to come out, so they have to fight their way back out. Like, something like that. Like, being in these close spaces that, like, then change once you're, like, too already there. You're connected, you know? Um, all right, well, do you want to go into favorite scenes, then, after we said what we thought it did well? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm going to go first. Is that okay? My favorite scene is the airlock scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that I'm was surprised. the most dread I felt. That was it was shot. It was constructed so well with Lawrence Fishburne trying to get there. Right, he's pulling himself mm-hmm. along that like outside bridge just to get to this kid. He's like, he goes in there and he's saying, "I oh, have this darkness inside of me." It's clearly not him talking. And then mm-hmm. clearly, like well, whatever had I him, I'd say not him talking necessarily. All right, either way, whatever had him or got forced that to happen leaves him afterwards. So now he's in the airlock and is like, "Why am I here?" Is how I yeah. interpreted that. Am I wrong? I. Either way, he was like he, he put himself that. in there and then was like, "Please help me." Yeah, I feel which like, like might have horrific. interpreted the scene a little different. Oh, well, then we should talk about it. But I saw it as like he put himself in there, did this, over overrode it, made himself made the airlock open, and then all of a sudden was like, "Wait, I don't want to be in here," which is scary. Everyone on the outside is trying to like get him, and then when finally like you see the arms like compress yeah, a little, mm-hmm. the veins yeah. like yeah. The, uh, visual the visual is gross. Scary. His eyes start bleeding when it gets in the Lawrence Fishburne saves him, which is like pretty cool. But it's just, yeah, I think maybe, maybe that's a real fear of mine is death by decompression. Mm-hmm. Like that is horrific. Yeah. And I think like setting it up and there's like stakes to it was very um, tense and, and a lot of fun for me. 
So I tell me you interpreted like, it though. Well, I was gonna say part of why I didn't have the same reaction that you had with this scene is because I don't know shit about Justin and I don't care about him. Like, I don't feel like there's much character development for anyone in this movie. Yeah. Sometimes so you don't need it was kind of hard for me to give a shit when anyone okay. died or had something happen to them. Because I just, like, don't care. Like, the people I cared about is because I knew their actors ahead of time. So I found them more compelling. Interesting. Hmm. This is another reason we, we, should, we should watch Alien. Because it's very similar with the crew. But I think they do a better job early in the movie making you like the crew. Like, even with just mm-hmm. one simple scene of, like, the crew, like, being together and hanging out can basically flip that switch to make you care. And I think you're right. I don't think they did that in this mm-hmm. to make you, like, like the characters. One thing I want to touch on with the airlock thing is that you said, you thought, like, he, so the darkness was, inside like, him, in him that made him go. Yeah. Like, that, and then it him. left him, and then it's like, oh, oh boy. That's what it felt like anymore. to me, yeah. yeah I thought it might just be him trying to get them to open up the airlock to get them all uh, sucked oh. out, too. Oh. Maybe. I, I don't know. thought it that way as well, but I had also, I think you can also interpret it as, like, the impact of whatever he saw made him genuinely want to die and then, but then reevaluate. He, okay, and then he, but then he wanted back in. Yeah, reevaluate. Oh, reevaluate. Oh, I thought you meant die and then reevaluate after he's dead. No, he <laughs> I thought was you meant like, like is he going, want to maybe die going because somewhere. I've seen I'm the mis- ultimate darkness. Like, what is the point? And then once he actually this ultimate there. darkness, okay. and then he was like, "Wait, I'm actually about to die. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. I misinterpreted never mind. what you're saying. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, how else um, I'm going to reevaluate? That's what I thought. After I was. Like, I thought you were making a joke. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what was your favorite scene, Hannah or Jason? Whoever wants to go. I giggled but I think that's because I liked it when the she won't let you get back on the ship or you find yourself walking home I am home fade into the darkness <laughs> that was lighting was great in this movie yeah you should say that I just thought that scene was like the first time you see Dr. Weir do something like blatantly spooky and problematic like he's been kind of doing some things before that, but that's the first time you really get the touch of, like, he's fucked. He's out. He's with the ship now. <laughs> um, and him fading into the darkness was melodramatic, but in, like, a fun yeah. way. And that's, again, I could take a whole movie of Samuel doing that. I like it. Jason, what right, about you? Well, now, your, your thing made me think of a second scene, so now I have two. Well, touching on the lighting, like, the, the scene that made me it's really hard for me to pick a favorite scene in this movie, I'll just say. Which is why I'm struggling to actually say this sentence. But the one thing I really liked was that scene in the very beginning where they're in the... They first get on the ship, and the scene's like, oh, there's there's blood here. And you get this feeling foreboding, and then the lighting change, you get that flash, and you just see the walls caked in human flesh. And it's like, oh. I also really liked that. That was very well shot. But now the... Um, speaking of Sam Neill just being out, it's like... That uh, that thing is banging on the door, and he oh, just walks yeah. over. And he's like, yeah, open, open the, door. the door. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the flesh scene as yeah. well. And I think maybe that's like, like you said, that was early in the movie where I was like, mm-hmm. I'm all in. And like, I did have that dread. Yeah. And so I agree. Yeah. I think those are good scenes. The lighting, too. Just like to show it. The characters mm-hmm. don't see it, but the audience sees it. Just well constructed. Good director. Do you have Actually, I just said the Resident Evil movies. He directed those. Oh, did oh, wow. really? Yeah, yeah, the because the, he's married to Mila Jovovich, who is the main actress in the Resident Evil movies <sighs> that have nothing to do with the games, really. Hmm. Kind of interesting. But I forgot. Wow, this movie's kind of similar to that first Resident Evil movie. Wouldn't know. Dumb, I forgot. Right, yeah, I'm he's an interesting director. All right, so we jumped in. Is there anything you didn't like in this, Hannah? How many times are we going to talk about what we didn't oh, like? Oh, wait, did man? you already oh. do what you didn't like? Oh, yeah, you did. I'm my bad. I'm all over the place. Is there anything you didn't like? I feel like you haven't said anything yet. I just thought it did perhaps go a little harder on the, um, the show-not-tell thing. It, I think it showed a lot that it didn't have to, mm-hmm. that it might have been more effective if it just reeled itself in a little bit. Can you give an example? The suicide scene was a lot. Yes. That was 
It's felt very Certainly not something too. that had to be there. A hundred percent. If it had played into his character development more, I, I was about to ask it. that. It, like, it seemed like there was some. Saw any purpose for that? I think there probably was, and I think that was left on the cutting room floor. I think it might have to do with some of the theming. Okay. But we'll get there. Well, we Remember? knew that he had experienced, he had lost his wife somehow. We don't know. Did she just leave him? Did she die? Like, what happened there? And so that, uh, I guess that answered all those questions, but in uh, quite the explicit way, I suppose. But, but even some of the, the murder orgy stuff would, I think, have been better if just, like, reeled in a little. Like, maybe she'll, like, a, a frame here or there, but slightly more frequently. Or the perhaps. actors reacting to watching it more. Yeah. Because we only got a little bit of that, and I think that usually works. Have the yeah, noise, have the sound, some of the facial have the face. people seeing that. Yeah. I thought it was funny because they had how many discussions about just what the words meant, how that scared them, and then we didn't really get that for the actual like mutilating each yeah. other. Say, so, oh, here's a man just presenting his eyes to the camera. It's like, well, how do they react? I, I don't know. We don't see how they reacted to that. We saw Sam Neill reacted to that. I'd be pretty fucking phased. I almost feel like I almost feel like we should have seen that earlier. Like early, like early when they get there and they find it. I don't know. It's it's tough. I'm not a writer. But I, I think that would have like, if they would have seen that early and been like, oh, we need to get off this ship immediately. And then somehow something happened. But then happened that would have involved ramping up a lot of the other stuff to raise the stakes. Okay, sure. And then we would have had to like continue to ramp. Yeah. I get it. It's hard. Movies are hard. Yeah. It's hard to always be compelling. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. I mean, we talk about it like it's it's easy, but I, it's, it's tough to solve. Have you ever gone like, real deep watching behind the scenes footage of shooting movies like it's it's a lot that yeah. they go through to do all that like it's a miracle that any movie gets made mm-hmm. the amount of effort it takes that's why i love film man yeah i love it what do you think this movie meant or was trying to do go ahead jason if you have something see i think we're talking about this trying to um figure out the like, what themes, like, what thematics is trying to do, what message is trying to send, and I think it might be something about, like, the human cost of scientific advancement. Because we know, like, when the mm-hmm. uh, the captain is cornering Sam Neill, who well, I'm just going to call him Sam Neill because I forget mm-hmm. his character's name, but um, he's like, well, where did this send them? He's like, oh, I don't know. Well, where have they been for the past seven years? Like, I, oh, don't I don't know. <laughs> and we see it earlier on in the movie, too, where they're talking about it. Everyone's mad at him. He's like, oh, I'm so proud to be on the ship. He's like, yeah, shut up. None of us want you here. He says, like, you know, the last time somebody tried a rescue mission this far out, both ships were lost. But he doesn't seem to care about that. He has his, like, pet project that he wants to see. He needs to see it through. And it's like, oh, everyone else be damned. I will figure out how this worked out. And I will sacrifice as many people as I need to get there. I am fully behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, and that's, to be honest, one of the only themes I've been able to really find in this. It felt like, I, I joke and say it's the opposite of his role in Jurassic Park, because I felt it to be the exact same theme, really. It's like, the nature of humans to, like, self-destruct, right? And mm-hmm. to, like, try to make something beyond their comprehension that results in destruction. Mm-hmm. And I also think, like, his character as well is clearly a bit of a narcissist. For sure, yeah. Where, like, what he created and what his baby is is more important than other human lives. Yep. A lot of movies use that theme, and it is usually very good. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just saw Oppenheimer, which does that theme, but like with a different kind of spin on it. And uh, I, yeah, I think it works really well. I think maybe it's just that's a human nature thing, is we love to create beyond our comprehension. And like, so when they talk to him, it's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, creates a main black hole. And it's like, oh, you've made the most destructive force in the universe in the middle of your ship. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you bet we yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I think. Is there anything else you see beyond that, Hannah? I mean, I'm trying to think of like if there's any theming related to this concept of like going to hell and back, like hell and evil is such a central point of this movie. But I don't really know if they're trying to say anything with that. I do think it's interesting if you consider like the characters that do experience the hallucinations um, and therefore kind of have the worst demise in this movie are all people who have made some sort of mistake 
and their hallucinations are all things that they feel some sort of guilt for. I guess that's where I get confused. I, sorry, you say that. I need to go back. And I, I, I don't want to argue with the movie logic, but it's bothering me. So what was causing the hallucinations? Matt, we already talked about this. We don't know. Something that's what ship. I'm saying. But why would the ship know about these things in their past? Or is it... Well, the ship that's, isn't that's saying why, this is what your hallucination is going to be. The ship is just... They're, okay, it's in their brains. It's unlocking that. Whatever. I, yeah, I won't argue with I'm, it. I'm just, but that's, yeah, why, that's why I thought maybe it was the hell, like the nah. the beings beyond the nah, portal that were doing I think it. you're overanalyzing I guess I that am. But, see, as far as, like, beings, I don't know if, like, the hell realm itself is that big of a thing. I think it might more so be, like, humans have this desire to explore and discover and this idea that we took it so far we were in absolutely no way prepared for what we found at the end. Mm-hmm. As your Eldritch Horror. Right there, right? Mm-hmm. That's your Eldritch Horror. Eldr- Eldritch, yeah, Horror. Going beyond finding something that, that you can't yeah, comprehend yourself. Mm-hmm. I will say, and I, I'm, I'm skipping around, but I love the idea of a portal, like trying to do wormhole travel, sci-fi travel, yeah. and ending up in just like hell realm. Yeah. I think that's awesome, and I, I really enjoy that a lot. And just like think it's neat mm-hmm. and uh, a good setup. So. Okay, but I would like to talk about the themes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know well, you, that was your fault. You were sort of talking about no, I was talking what, about what you said it? themes. I know, but there was <laughs> something about dragged it back to a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> It was something um, about the hell realm, and I was like, it's, it's, it might not even be hell, we don't know, it's something no, beyond our comprehension. I just love that idea, or that it's equivalent to our, comprehend, our our idea of hell, and that that's where they end up. I think that's really cool. I just think it's interesting, again, like I said, with the three characters that we see experience that negative demise. There is that guilt there, and I think the movie is definitely saying something about guilt and how it will drag you to hell, maybe. Like, not, like, literal hell necessarily, like, obviously, but, like, mental torment. We have mom who clearly has, a, like, a split from dad, and she's hallucinating her disabled child, and I, there's a lot of guilt that she has for not being present for her child, which is already established in the beginning of the movie. We have Sam Neill who feels guilt over his wife's passing, and clearly that he wasn't able to save her or help her. And we have... The captain, who his hallucinations are of someone he had to leave behind on a mission, who like lit on fire and died. So all of their all of the hallucinations we see are directly related to these characters' guilt, and I think that is what traps them there because they're not able to let go or let forgive. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It. I like that. That's yeah. what we see. It's all definitely guilty people. It's it's guilty consciences, but it's I don't know what else they're doing with it. Well, the woman and her son might have been able to get explored a little bit more, because I didn't... I guess I just wasn't that invested in her as a character. I didn't have a lot of background for what was going on with her. Like, at least with the captain and Sam Neill, we explore that a little bit. And and we get, like, hints when he's talking to her, trying to, like, pull her away from the bathtub. He's like, you know, I'm, like, sorry I let my work come between us and something. So it seems like... Well, a lot of what happened was he was just, like, completely absent from her when she needed him. I think when it comes to the mom, they had Peters, so that's her name. They had set up in the very beginning, she's watching a video of her son, and the captain comes over and is like, I'm so sorry, like, I tried to get you out of this flight. So I think we do have it set up right away, I just think. And I don't think it needs to be expounded upon too much. Like, I think it was pretty obvious what was going on for me just from that little clip. But yeah, compared to the other two, she's not that important of a character, so. But it's weird that the other two both have, like, direct fault in what happened. And her, like, she does. they are the ones, yeah, they, like, the captain made the decision to close the doors of the, the escape pod while the other guy was burning to death. Sam Neill obviously played a major role in his wife's suicide. But with her, it's, it just seems like she was unlucky. It's all yeah. outside of her control what happened. But I guess, you know, in life we can still feel guilty for things that aren't really our fault. Yeah. So I don't really mind it. Like, there are plenty of things that I felt guilty for, even though they had nothing to do with me or they weren't my fault. Hey, like we, I, we didn't see hallucinations from any anyone else on the ship, correct? Not that I'm old. Okay. So maybe it was it went after the people, or whatever hat unlocked in their brain was because they had, like, guilty consciousness. Yeah. 
interesting. Yeah, that's fun. I think that's like a fun little addition. I don't know if I it goes far enough to be like major subtext mm-hmm. for me, or it, it could have. I guess like they could have gone farther with it. Yeah. Any hot takes? Hmm. Um, put more buttons in sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah. I I like gears. I like buttons. I like CDs. Like doodly dads. Yeah. That's the thing, like, everyone's, like, dream sci-fi thing is, like, an old Soviet control panel with lots of levers and mm-hmm. buttons and things. What about you, Hannah? Any hot take? My hot take is I don't understand why this is a cult classic. I, my other hot take, and forgive me, Jason, was that I was going to say I would not recommend this movie. Really? Yeah, I, I, there are just so many other movies I would recommend over it, and I just, like, couldn't see myself being like, yeah, we should put this on. It's not even my favorite, like, top five favorite Sci-fis. I would hope not. There are a lot of good sci-fis out there. Top ten. I yeah. don't. Well, I don't like. That's not my genre. Like, I don't watch them. That that's much. not true. I've seen you watch plenty of sci-fis. Looper. You love Looper. No, <laughs> to not even top five space movies. Okay. I don't know if I've seen ten space movies, and it's not my top ten. <laughs> but I did right. not like it. Yeah, that's. I think it's fine. I just like wouldn't. It's not one that. I didn't really have that much fun with it. I thought I was going to. I was like pretty excited. I thought it was gonna be a lot of fun, and then like by the end, I was like, "That's why I wanted well, more Sam Neil melodramatic." Yeah, camp. yeah. I needed something, but I yeah, know. I just like don't know if I would be like, "Yeah, you should put this on." Like, I think uh, everyone should watch it at least once. Sure, Maybe not immediately, but uh, thing I can see why this might not be like a good thing to just like put on at a party and like, just hanging out with the the guys watching. Yeah, the and there are plenty of horror movies that I do fit that mm-hmm. fit that like criteria. Any hot takes, Jason? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have hot takes about it. I can see why it's a cult classic, definitely. I mean, I think it's a good movie. Whether it's the best... It's certainly not the best in anything that it tried to do, but it's it's good. I think it's a solid... Solid movie. I enjoyed it. I like... I love psychological horror. I love dread rather than, like jump scares and things, and I think this did all of that very well. I thought maybe it was just a little bit longer, some stuff could get fleshed out a little bit more, it would have been more impactful, but I mean, for what it is, I don't know exactly what they're trying to make with it, but they made something that I enjoy. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again very soon, but that's your hot take. (laughs) Do you want to do some ratings? Yeah, I think we can close it out with some ratings. Alright. Jason. Making Jason go first? Yeah, how would well, you rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? Give it a 7. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Don't hate me. 5.5. Not terrible. It's, it's fine. It's extremely yeah. average. I was going to say max of 6. There you go. So. I'd say it's above average, but not the, not that far above average. You know what I'm saying? I want to watch something else like it. Right, see, I think it's better than anything... It might have come out around the same era, like this late 90s era of sci-fi. But it probably doesn't hold up as well compared to stuff being made today. I got you. That's fair. I do think, and maybe I should ask you, Jason, if you have, do you have like any Lovecraftian movie um, recommendations? Because I do find that this is in that genre, and I would like to watch something else like this. Lovecraft like is so notoriously difficult to uh, adapt to film. Nicholas Cage has *The Color Out of Space*. That's uh, as a direct rip from a Lovecraft movie. There okay. is *Annihilation*. I think is also. Oh, I liked *Annihilation*. I'm really excited to color cover out of space that is a great point that that movie being in, like Lovecraftian. And then there are. It does it way better. I agree. Then there are more like. Stereotypical '80s horror movies like Reanimator and stuff like that that are like fun for what they are, but aren't like masterpieces. Okay, I've heard good things about Reanimator. Yeah, so I'm maybe about to watch it at some point. I think Annihilation. That's a great recommendation, but I've already seen it. I want to read the book and then watch it again. Uh, yeah, see how I, feel I do about feel it. find they have similar vibes. I really like Annihilation. I found Annihilation like very tense and very like dread inducing. Especially that end scene is insane. With, like, the clone thing? Oh, I have never seen it. You've never seen it? Oh, I think you've seen it. I know that it's made, that it draws from the color out of space. 
Calling it a clone thing also doesn't make sense. It's not really a clone. It's, it's like another clone. being Shut that we spoilers. It's awesome. <laughs> it's crazy. It's fine. Like, I I will very regularly read the entire plot synopsis of a movie that I'm thinking about watching. Yeah, I do that too. I did that with this. But <laughs> Annihilation, no, that's another one we should do on this. Because like that's like, that is definitely well, under tour. That's what we should get Jason back for. And I like Jason it. and I will yeah. librarian and I will read the book. Exactly horror though. It is much more sci-fi with some horror but elements. if this is sci-fi horror so is that i'm just gonna okay say. if you say so <laughs> all right well i think we can close out for today thank you so much for coming on jason jason oh, the librarian having me. i had a fun time we will definitely have you back in the future if you're interested <laughs> all right well i'm hannah i'm at hannah this has been horror hour with the hannahs thanks for joining bye everyone thank you for tuning into horror hour with the hannahs Make sure to listen to future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and follow for additional content on TikTok or Instagram at Horror Hour with the Hannahs. If you like the podcast, please leave a positive review on your favorite podcasting app. Happy hauntings! Happy hauntings!